Yahoo Sports has been a leader in fantasy sports for nearly two decades, and it's great to see that they recently introduced Fair Play for Daily Fantasy. Yahoo is helping to level the playing field for sports fans with strict contest entry limits and veteran labels for highly experienced players so you know who you're playing against. Yahoo Sports is offering our listeners a special offer. Go to Yahoo Fantasy app or visit yahoo.com slash daily fantasy and use the promo code ringer. That's R-I-N-G-E-R with your next deposit to receive a one-time $50 deposit bonus that is earned over time as you play. Plus, first-time depositors will receive a $10 credit to enter contests. So remember, that's promo code ringer on Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of the older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. If you wanted to go to a Philadelphia Phillies game for some reason, it's easy to find tickets on SeatGeek. It's always the first place I go when I look for tickets for Phillies, for Eagles, for concerts. If you've got the the SeatGeek app on your phone, like I do. Just the other day, I looked at it to look at tickets for the Copa America Centenario semifinal that happened right here in Houston. There's no easier way to find tickets to live sports or concerts. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. With SeatGeek, you'll never need to waste time checking prices on other ticket sites. SeatGeek does that for you by pulling all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Free SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and enter promo code RINGERMLB. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the free SeatGeek app and enter code RINGERMLB today. Welcome to the Ringer MLB Show. I'm Mallory Rubin, deputy editor of TheRinger.com, a wonderful new website that you should visit frequently. I'm joined today by Michael Bauman, staff writer and excellent human being. Hello, Michael. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. Delightful. How are your allergies today? I non-existent here. This is a, wow. the one thing I like about living in Texas. It's the only place in the U.S. I'm not allergic to. Everybody in the Ringer office is uh, sneezing a lot this week and sweating a lot this week, so it's a, a wonderful but disgusting place to be right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad it's, that you're far away. Knowing most of you, it's probably disgusting sake. most of the time. But that's a very fair point. Very fair point. So today we're gonna we're gonna have a little fun today. We're gonna open up our hearts and we are going to talk about players who we cherish. So so here's the sort of abstract concept that we have, admittedly <laughs> abstract concept that we have settled on for today's show. This was your idea. So I'm going to attempt to explain it first to make sure that I understand it. And then you can tell me what I messed up. Um, All-star voting for the actual MLB All-star game ends on June 30th. So you know, like nominating the best player at a certain position, that's just, that's on people's minds right now. It's that time of year. It's that time of the season. But cares about the players who are definitely the best at something or the players like Omar Infante who are definitely not the best at something <laughs> but are being propelled to perceived greatness by insane fan bases what about the players who deserve a little more love right that's mm -hmm. sort of what this is about today these are the all-stars 
not of the 2016 season. These are not necessarily the people who are the best at their position. So they might be in some cases. These are not necessarily the players who are the most famous at their positions. So they also potentially could be in some cases, but probably not. These are the players who are the all-stars of our hearts, Michael. They're the players we love more than most people do. And so today, we're going to share that love, give them some props, and try to explain why we maybe rationally, maybe irrationally love them as much as we do. Does that sound right? I think that's exactly right. All stars of our hearts is (laughs) absolutely the right way to put it. To be honest, theringer.com is basically built on that premise, talking about the all stars (laughs) of our hearts. So uh, we're we're, we're sort of just programmed to think this way. Well, let's just kind of do... Let, let's do hitters only today. I think that they, they deserve our attention first because it's very easy to get lost in our our love for the pitchers. So they deserve the pitchers deserve a standalone episode. We're going to do hitters today. We're going to go position by position. Do you want to kick things off with, uh, with the catcher of your heart? Yeah, um, this is probably absolutely no surprise uh, to you because I've been either writing or pitching stories about this guy breathlessly for three years. And he, he achieved a measure of stardom a couple years ago and had a down year. And now I think he's like, he's back in that hipster mode. I love so much. And that's Jonathan Lucroy. Um, yes, he is, he is the, the player that the world thinks Yadier Molina is. He is uh, a small guy who actually hits, unlike Yadier Molina. He, uh, at his peak, was one of the best pitch framers in the game. Um, There was a great video he did for ESPN that I love, like, demonstrating, like, what you do, how you – how you steal strikes um, and just the, the way he thinks about the game, the amount of, of power he gets out of a, a body that's not that big and doing it all in relative anonymity in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, I am, I am probably Jonathan Lucroy's biggest fan. Let me ask you a question. I, I, I love him as well. Are you hoping that they finally trade him? Like, do you want to see him on a bigger stage? Or do you sort of like the fact that he's on a smaller stage because that's weirdly part of his charm? Yeah, I I think I think that's part of the charm at the beginning. But, like, I'm not one of those guys who, who like, got pissed at Arcade Fire when they went main, mainstream, you know? <laughs> I think there would be something to, to spreading the, the Texas Rangers. It could, you know, the, the Rangers aren't doing terrible behind the plate, but... Lucro would represent uh, an improvement there, and the Rangers have some young talent to to send the other way. So, you know, I'm I'm eagerly anticipating Lucori moving to to a bigger stage. So, here's here's the thing about catcher, right? Um, there aren't a lot of good ones right now. It's it's nah. a pretty weak field, and so I think we both ended up picking players who are maybe a little more uh, truly all-stars than just all-stars of our hearts. I went with Salvador Perez, who is not an underrated player, but I think it's possible to argue that he is in the context of his own team. Like, he gets a lot of credit when you're talking about the best catchers, but when people talk about the Royals, it's still usually mostly about Hosmer. Obviously, Lorenzo Cain got a ton of the attention last year. Um, the bullpen, you know, Davis. So Perez is often kind of like just like there in the margins, but the thing is, he is 
basically the perfect baseball player to root for whether you're a fan of that team or not he mm-hmm. is actually quite good obviously like we should just we should just say that he, right this year he's on a bit of a power surge right now which is uh if you own him in fantasy as, as i do on one of my teams quite delightful he's up to 12 homers he's rocking a 2.9 war at the moment but it's not even just about what he's able to do with the bat obviously it's about his persona his personality he has no regard for his own safety or welfare the sheer number of innings that he catches and obviously a lot of that is on his manager and is flat out irresponsible and cruel but the fact that Perez is so game is like weirdly winning and charming he's always hugging Mm -hmm. guys he's always smiling he got the most absurd World Series tattoo on his inner arm and bicep area after they won last year which is like deeply offensive but also completely amazing he gives these unbelievable interviews he like i want to say this carefully so that it it comes across as a compliment which is how it's intended he (laughs) struggles a little bit to speak english clearly but he doesn't care and I, i find i think that's so awesome like he's not shy he doesn't shy away from the microphone or the camera he wants to be out there talking telling you what happened in a game talking about why his teammates are so awesome and why he loves them so much that takes a a a certain amount of courage i think and i actually find it really admirable so i just love everything about him and i wish that they would pay him even more than they already have and i wish that they would let his poor knees get a few innings off uh so that he's with us for many many years to come yeah I mean, you want to talk about whether uh, Ned Yost's refusal to give him a day off cost the Royals the the 2014 World Series? Like, I'm I could have that conversation. Absolutely. Um, but Perez is, uh, I mean, he's he's lovable. I mean, that you could mention the the series of videos he did with uh, Lorenzo Cain, sort of against Lorenzo Cain's will, <laughs> uh, a couple yep. of years ago. Yep. Um, that was one of baseball's great bromances of the 2010s. Um, the interesting thing about him is like he does a lot of the same things well as Luke Roy, despite the fact that they could not be any more different uh, right. physically. Like Luke Roy could hollow out Salvador Perez and wear him like a mech suit because uh, Sal Perez is enormous. But, you know, he's one of those guys who takes the size and, and translates translate it into stability behind the plate and yeah he's i mean catcher is sort of a you you sort of have to have a little bit of something off the field in order to um get attention because it's 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 hard to be a flashy catcher but uh yeah perez is a lot of fun to watch all right who you got it first okay this is the one i've been telling you there's one that's gonna make you go absolutely nuts (laughs) And uh, oh, this is it. And I'm my first baseman is Marwin Gonzalez. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what? It's great. So, so uh, the the best pitch game I've ever seen in my life was that you Darvish uh, near perfect game on opening day in 2013, and you'll remember that a light hitting. Uh, nobody shortstop named Marwin Gonzalez broke up that perfect game with two outs in the ninth inning. And since then, like, he's good. He's like turned into a poor man's Ben Zobris. Like he, the, I, I go on, go on and on about this, but one of the reasons the Astros made the playoffs last year is AJ Hinch's ability to essentially rewrite his lineup every day. 
Uh, and so, like, the only people who played in every situation, no matter what, were uh, Correa, Altuve, and Springer when they were all healthy. And a big factor of his, or a big factor in his ability to do that was Marwin Gonzalez's versatility, that he could be a league average bat and a league average glove, and you could stick him at first, second, short, third, either of the outfield corners. He's just there. He's just always getting on base. He's just, you know, always just playing steady defense. And he's like, if if I were a less empirically inclined writer, I would be writing stuff about how it's actually Marwin Gonzalez who makes the whole thing work and not Altuve and Correa. I am in the tank for Marwin Gonzalez. And just as an aside, John Jaso would have gotten uh, some uh, some consideration for this spot, but I can't support his haircut. <laughs> you know, no no 30-year-old white man. Are you sure? Dreadlocks. I think the dreads so, are amazing. He really is pulling am, them off. I am He's positive. pulling them off, though. He is, he He's is pulling not them pulling them off. The only thing that should be pulled off are the dreads himself or themselves. Like I want to stand on his back with a set of clippers and just like forcibly shear him like one of those sheep that, you know, the video of that sheep that ran away and hid in a cave for two years because it hated getting, getting its wool cut. Like that's what I want to do to his head. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's. Oh just, my God. Like it, it ruins a player that I enjoy watching quite a bit, and I, perhaps even the entire Pittsburgh Pirates team. I, like I'm, I'm having trouble. Just I, you know, I'm watching Starling Marte and Gregory Polanco, and uh, you know, there's going to be a pirate later on this list, and all I can think about is that dread of God. Jason's going to come back up. Like I'm going to see those the, dreads. The Pirates again. need so. a guy with insane hair, though. You know, and McCutcheon got rid of the, the his signature hairdo. He, he cut off the brakes, so someone and, had to step up and say, look at this. Look at what I have on top of my cool, head. That's cool, but, like, white guy dreads are not the place okay, we'll, that you Okay, we'll do go. a follow-up dread, uh, dreadlock podcast at, uh, okay. at a TBD time. Right. Um, my first baseman is Freddie Freeman, who uh, – I, I just i am going to spoil the back half of this explanation and say that a lot of it is going to be about cats. But before we get there, uh, I, okay. <laughs> he – it's it's I think we need to give him a lot of love and a lot of hugs because he's putting on a very brave face while playing on a very bad team. And he was sort of Freddie Freeman has always been a good player. Right. But he was sort of overshadowed at the beginning of his Atlanta career by Jason Hayward. They came up together. It was like, look at these two amazing young players who are going to be MV, perennial MVP contenders and superstars. It didn't really happen for either of them in the exact way that people thought it would, but Hayward still dominated the headlines in a way that Freeman didn't, at least nationally. And now he's overshadowed by the fact that his franchise is completely irrelevant, and when people talk about the Braves, it's either about will they trade Julio Tejeron, what's going on with the stadium, how is it possible that they managed to dupe the Diamondbacks into trading the number one draft pick and an elite shortstop prospect for a guy who apparently can't pitch anymore? Very few people talk about Freddie, even though he's consistently dependable and good. He's a two-time All-Star, one-time top five MVP finish. That was in 2013. And yet he's never really listed among the upper crust at first base. Here's the thing that matters most. He has a cat named Nala, who is 
just amazing and she takes road trips she goes in the car with freddie and his wife and she just chills she just sits there like in the middle console she wears these little nail caps so she looks really hip and fashionable and she just hangs out in the car and like i can't get my cat who is as you know my favorite uh living creature he would never i mean he would just never we can't even get him to like move to the cushion on the couch where we want him, let alone get him to go on a road trip to spring training. So I just think this shows that Freddie Freeman is not only a great baseball player and an underrated baseball player, but probably an underrated human being. Freddie Free, I'm I'm glad we we wound up doing it this way because like last week we had a lot of trouble with you and me agreeing <laughs> on everything. Um, if we did the inverse of this list, players that I liked the least <laughs> compared to like national consensus, Freddie Freeman would I know, be number one. You're not one. a fan. There's I am I am on the other side of the Hayward Freeman divide um and I would just you know while while picking a boring largely immobile first baseman for the worst team in baseball is you know because of his cat is extremely <laughs> on brand for you I would I would like to remind you that that uh freddie freeman's cat is not actually playing first base for you don't know look at look at the impact that that hank the dog had on on milwaukee and and the entire country a couple years ago like it's it's hard to ever predict the ripple effect that a a a cool pet can have on a person or a team so I, i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't uh undermine nala she's 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 on point who do you have at second um, okay, so I want to preface this by saying that uh, I'm a, a, a big hockey fan, and uh, because I'm from outside of Philadelphia, that love is um, rooted largely in a love of violence, in a love of dirty play. Um, and my favorite kind of hockey player is the skilled but kind of small guy who will nonetheless fight everybody, who will deliver the occasional cross check, the dirty elbow, the slew foot. Like prime Mike Richards was was just unbelievable uh to watch for me and uh i was not this person is uh is the closest baseball has to uh to such a player and that is rugnet odor ah yes um he will and being small and being willing to fight everybody is somewhat more conspicuous i would say on a on a baseball diamond than on a um on a hockey uh hockey rink but uh he is not only did like I, I like that he came up as a rookie when the Rangers were just completely in the tank and nothing was going right. And he battled through a really, really tough rookie season when he wasn't ready. And now he legitimately is one of the better second basemen in the league. I also like that if you put him in a room with Jordana Ventura or uh, or Jose Bautista long enough, he will fight that person. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's gotten a, an impressive hook. I mean, the, the Bautista fight was like... It was not a fight. Like, it, it was kind of an unbelievable sports moment. I think we all forgot about it a little too quickly, partially because we had another one, obviously, when Machado decked Jordano. But, yeah. oh, my God, it was really winning. I think there's obviously Batista is a very divisive player, and some people love him and some people can't stand him. But I think that this was a case where no matter how you felt about Batista, you had to really respect the way Odor just popped up and laid him out. It was 
it was incredible. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the Batista, like, well, well, yeah, you, you know, I didn't actually, I didn't actually fall down. You got to hit me harder than that. That was just like such a, a laughable. No, you just got to yeah. take the L. That's like that's one of the best baseball punches in a long time. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not pro Batista or, or I guess I no. I'll, here's the the way I'll put it. I am pro all of those guys. Pro Ventura, pro Batista, uh, pro Odor, and like. I just want to see them fight each other. I don't necessarily care who wins a whole lot. Like maybe this makes me a little bit uh, unevolved. <laughs> like this is not like a, a good, you know, evolved liberal sensibility to have. But, you know, I, I like it a little bit of, of violence. Which of those so guys do you think has the, the brightest future in, uh, in MMA? In fighting? Um I don't know, Odor had like that. The thing about the Odor punch was it was like perfect technique. Like it wasn't just a wild haymaker like you usually see on a baseball field. I think Batista's probably the biggest and he's in the best shape, but he's also old. But on the other hand, like is he old enough to have dad strength? <laughs> and I don't know. It's not your oh, Dano. God, your no. Dano, yeah, no. It. I think like if Bautista had like actually had a um, expected to, to get hit, I think he would have not gone down like a, um, like a stack of potato chips, but uh, in a, in MMA, I would probably take Bautista. Okay. I'm going to adore. Um, my second baseman is I, 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 let me, let me take a step back. I swore to myself and I swore to you even though I never said it aloud, but I feel like you could sense it emotionally and mentally that I was going to limit myself to just one Oriole for this exercise. And that's what I did. And here he mm. is, Johnny Baseball, Jonathan Scope. Wow. <laughs> this is not the Oriole I would have I, expected. Here's the thing. I think he's like in some ways the second or third most important player on the team. And there's no way that people far and wide feel that way or would say that and i just remember this moment in the preseason this is a this is a you know fantasy baseball point not a real baseball point but he was like checking in at like number 25 on preseason second baseman rankings i was just like what is this what is this nonsense i found it so offensive because he's clearly even heading into the season like that's that's 30 homer potential if he can stay healthy. He has amazing pop mm-hmm. and we're seeing it we're seeing it this year. They all, they also have an incredible streak going right now where if he home if he homers in the game they basically never lose, which is delightful. His defense is exceptional. Watching when when Machado was at short, when Hardy was out with the foot injury, watching the Machado scope double play middle infield combo was the most satisfying experience that I've had as an Oriole fan in quite some time. Machado's shifting back to third now because Hardy's back, but the infield is just, it's full of defensive wizards. And I don't think that he is really ever discussed in that way because so much of that attention and praise goes to Machado and then even to Hardy, who obviously has racked up a lot of gold gloves. Scope, his arm, it's like up there in the, the Cespedes Puig level. Like it is a cannon. It is unbelievable the plays that he makes the throws that he makes it's just it's it's a thrill to watch he also is just delightful so he has these incredible celebrations he and Machado have a really sweet little uh like custom best pal handshake they've been doing it for years they were in the minors together at the same time I just want Jonathan Scope to get more attention than he does because I think he deserves it and I think in a way 
I, I went with players in other spots who are a lot more uh, famous and who are frankly a lot better. In a way, I think that he is maybe my pick that best like actually honors the intent of the exercise. This is somebody who I deeply love, but who most baseball fans maybe are not even really aware of, let alone that fond of. Yeah, I agree with all that. I also want to point out that both of us seem to have a type like I keep picking little guys and <laughs> and you keep picking huge guys and I think part of the the reason scope sort of underrated as a defender is he doesn't look like a second baseman totally. at all totally yeah he's just like him and Machado next to each other like it looks like you shrunk the the infield I completely agree scope actually like in body type is not in not too dissimilar from Salvador Perez which is kind of an insane no. thing to say but it's true um all right who, who do you have at short I've got a little guy coming for you at short so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, defy I got, that statement I got a little guy too and, and speaking of being on brand uh Francisco Lindor my and, pick too we finally did yeah, it we finally okay. agreed finally <laughs> so like my thing is like he him coming up at the same time as uh Correa and Corey Seager like right both of those guys are great but both of those guys are putting up the power numbers and as as much as we've evolved as a baseball watching society in the past 20 years you know people are still seduced by home runs you know chicks to a certain extent still <laughs> dig the long ball and Lindor is just you know it's overlooked that Lindor might be uh the best uh, player out of those three largely by virtue of the fact that in five years he's the only one who's still going to be a shortstop right and just he's he's so much better an all-around player and uh, there was a quote uh, from him that I uh, brought up in a column last week that like he was sort of struggling uh, in the in the minors because he was bored because it wasn't challenging him and so he had this huge offensive outburst when he he got called up to the majors and everybody said you know that you know that's not sustainable he's not going to hit um 310 with 15 home runs every year and he's doing it again so yeah, yeah i mean I, he's, yeah. he's hitting 310 right now he's got eight homers he has 12 steals that the thing the powerpoint you made is really interesting because i think you're completely right he doesn't have the Correa Seager, oh my God, would you look at those moonshots factor? But he does have pop. It's not like this mm-hmm. is a guy who's going to end the season with five homers. I mean, he's going to have double-digit home runs. He's got 20-20 or 20-30 potential. That's notable. That's actually a very rare power-speed combo in today's game. And it's like the fact that he wasn't the number one over. He wasn't part of this number one overall pick uh, string like Correa was. He didn't. He wasn't at the center of a franchise's rebirth the way Correa was. And like with the Seager thing, I mean, look, he doesn't play in L.A. You know, like Corey Seager is going to be one of the most marketable stars in baseball because he plays for the Dodgers. That's important. Like Francisco Lindor plays in Cleveland, and despite what we witnessed this week. Cleveland is not often the home not often to great center. sports yeah. moments and great sports stars. Sorry, Cleveland. Uh, you, you, Cleveland people you have enough to be happy about. You can you can take that shot. Um, but, you know, Lindor is, is very quickly rocketing up my personal ranks of just of favorite players, period. Like, he's pretty close right now to being my my favorite non-Oriole. He is he is incredible. There's nothing that he doesn't do well. And watching him is a thrill. Yep. And we could, you know, if you want to, we could just set aside five to ten minutes every week to talk about how great Francisco Lindor is. I'm, I'm, I'm game. That sounds great. Who do you have at third? Third base is another uh, guy with multiple positional flexibility, and that's Jung Ho Gong of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I 
you sort of flew under the radar a little bit for me last year. And then uh, somewhere about this time last year, I, I went ahead and wrote something about him. And the relish with which the Pirates announcers called his home runs just put me over the edge. I don't know like why that was why that was it. Um, this is, a you know, he's not my favorite third baseman uh, in the league by any stretch, but, you know, guys like Adrian Beltre or Manny Machado, like they don't fit this list because they are in, held in such high esteem by everybody else. Right. So he he's more of a guy that I think should be uh, should be more uh, widely known. And, you know, a lot of that is it's not even that the Pirates are bad. You know, it's, it's the Lindor thing. Um it's not that the pirates are bad. It's the pirates play in the rust belt. And so they're not getting the, you know, the East coast or, or LA bump uh, necessarily. So, you know, I would just like to, to shine a little bit of a, a light on him. That's a great pick. He's uh, I think it was one of those things last year when he got hurt, where even if you are not a pirates fan, it was just, it was devastating because he was, his breakthrough, his success was mm-hmm. such a highlight of the 2015 season. The, the speed with which he came back from that injury is remarkable to me. Really, really remarkable. Uh, so he, you know, he has a little, he has that, that heart factor too. Let's, let's always bring up the heart whenever we can. Um, yeah. My third base pick might be my, my lamest pick because <laughs> I want to own up to that. This player is, um, very 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 good at baseball and is possibly gonna win the mvp this year but despite that i think is like not super famous outside of hardcore baseball circles and that's nolan arenado third baseman for the colorado rockies um in the interest of full disclosure my husband is a rockies fan so we have two tvs in our living rooms and we i didn't be- know that he, he is indeed and we basically it never occurred to me i've never met a rockies fan <laughs> well there you go okay so that that <laughs> thank you you're, you're helping me make my point like adam my husband has this uh very annoying but very charming habit of turning to me after nolan arenado does something amazing hits one of his numerous home runs he's up, he's up to 60 rbi already right um or makes an incredible play at third and he'll turn to me and say Arenado's better than Machado this is like our forever war arguing whether Arenado or Machado is the better more impressive young third baseman you'd want to build your franchise around to me this is actually not a debate the answer is very clear obviously it's Machado however I will indulge Adam because I have uh I've decided to spend my life with this person, and that's the kind of respect that you that you show your spouse. Um, but it that that stems, I think, from one genuine affection for the player, but two, this complex that Rocky fans have of like nobody paying attention to the team or appreciating the team. And I think in the post Tulowitzki era, it's th- there is a chance that just like we're not going to see a lot of famous Rockies again. You know, like. Uh, Cargo is not really famous in the way that somebody who's been as good as he has for as long as he has should be. I think maybe the injuries are a part of that, but I think it's mostly the fact that he plays in Colorado. We're always so willing to discount what Rockies do because of the, the, the cores effect narrative that, you know, whether you think that's bullshit or not, it is a thing in terms of how the wider public perceives what a player on that team does. And so I think that Arenado despite my, my vote for Machado in that debate, Nolan Arenado is an incredible baseball player. He's one of the 10 most exciting and gifted players in the game right now. His power is almost unrivaled right now, actually. And he is 
you know, he's not Brooks Robinson reincarnate at third, but he's he's, he's not really far off. Though. He's really yeah. not far off. And it's not as good as Machado. He's not as good as Machado. But the 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 defense and offense combo that he brings, there aren't just aren't a lot of players right now who who match him. Okay. I think you could have just gone for Manny if you were gonna Manny here's Arenado. Here's the thing. But you know, it's, if this Mach- is a vote for domestic tranquility, then I got to Manny Machado that. is like he's not just my favorite Oriole. He's not just my favorite baseball player. He's my favorite human being. I've said that before. He, as much as I would like to pull the pity card and say, why doesn't Manny get more love? Why doesn't Manny get more respect? We're finally having the season where every three days there's a Machado deserves to be in the Harper Trout discussion article on some website or in some paper. And so I don't think I can really say anymore that Machado isn't widely appreciated. I certainly am obsessed with him to a degree that most people aren't, but I think he is widely praised widely respected in a way that arenado is still not okay i i don't know i I just thought you loved him that much that there was no like (laughs) no floor that you couldn't overcome but yeah i'm 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 here to surprise you you know yeah this is surprising um okay so left field we're gonna go left to right i'm just doing uh, outfield in general i won't be okay. i won't be bound by your left center right distinctions by geographic distinctions that's fine I, this might have shaken out the same way for me anyway um my first outfielder is ben revere uh ben revere is the avatar of how i wish baseball would be played uh you know i i go on these old person rants about how there are too many strikeouts in the game and ben revere just puts everything in play and then he runs like crazy and uh you know he's he's hard to strike out he he would walk if pitchers would ever throw anything uh, outside the strike zone um and then he's on base and he's smiling all like i i followed him on twitter uh when he got traded to the phillies and then just had to stop after about four months because he was just so relentlessly happy all the time he was making his happiness made me feel worse about myself that's how buoyant he is and like he got hurt he went he got hurt that year and uh a couple weeks later like when he was in the in the walking booth he did a couple innings in the the phillies broadcast booth and he was just delightful and he's just smiling all the time and just, you know, a, a bubbly, effervescent personality who is uh, a unique baseball player who whose game is so, so interesting that I've, I've said this. If you gave me uh, a mandate that I had to write a weekly baseball column and said I could only write about uh, Revere, Jason Hayward and the mighty John Carlos Stanton, I could probably pull that off. And he's just uh I am so personally attached to him no matter where he goes, no matter what he does. Uh, he is, he might be uh, the person or the player for which there's a, the greatest gap between how interesting the rest of the world finds him and how interesting I find him. Or we're going to pause right here for a quick word from our sponsors. The first up is Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep surface was developed in-house, has a sleep design, and is delivered in a small how-did-they-do-that size box. In addition to the mattress, Casper also offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. 
An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper. Combined springy latex and supportive memory foams for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design keeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. Mattresses can often cost well over $1,500, but Casper mattresses cost $500 for a twin-size mattress, $600 for a twin XL, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. And you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com MLB and using offer code MLB. We're also sponsored by MeUndies. Whether you're wearing a suit or sweats, you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear. But instead of making a statement like Superman's tights under his everyday clothes, your underwear is probably boring. MeUndies is here to change that. Every pair of MeUndies is made from sustainably sourced modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Nothing can describe the fit and feel of MeUndies, but once you try them on, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. And if you don't love your first pair, they're free, no questions asked. MeUndies has dozens of styles and limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear, whether anyone can see them or not. So shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada, and you can save up to $8 a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. Whether you're ordering a subscription or a single pair, you can get 20% off your first offer when you go to MeUndies.com slash MLB show. That's MeUndies.com slash MLB show for 20% off your first order. MeUndies.com slash MLB S-H-O-W. My first outfield selection, this is not going to surprise you at all because... This is A, a player we discussed on last week's podcast, and B, a player that we discussed pretty much every day just in the course of our lives. That's Marcelo Zuna. I think in some ways he is kind of the, he's the poster boy for this exercise, right? Someone who we are both uh, deeply invested in emotionally (laughs) and who we just think is like so much better than he gets credit for. And we're finally seeing it this year. The perception, the reality is catching up with the, the perception, actually. That's probably the more and more the, the way to put it. He's finally turning into the player we wanted him to be. And then the obvious natural ripple effect is that people are starting to realize. But despite the fact that people are starting to realize, the, something you said last week is really stood out to me and is very true, which is that he is very good and starting to become appreciated and widely known, but he's always going to be the third most famous guy in his own outfield and then you start to factor in guys like Jose Fernandez and other people on that team it's like he's just not the face of that franchise in any way shape or form and he's not going to be and so he is never truly going to be a star which is is kind of depressing and I I don't know that there's there's anything that's going to change about it I just think it's worth highlighting whenever we can that he is a huge, essential, incredibly meaningful part of why the Marlins are contending for a wild card right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, and this is another big guy to to contrast my little guys. That's right. I have a little guy coming next, though. Yeah, I have, my last two guys are huge, so they might make up <laughs> for the the rest of this roster. Uh, the, the my second outfielder, or my since I went left center right. Uh, is to 
the surprise of nobody who's spoken to me in the past six years, uh, because I think this guy's name has been in every conversation I've had about every topic um, over the past six years is Jackie Bradley Jr. Who I've is, been waiting for this the entire time. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is to me what Manny Machado is to you. He is the uh, the all catching, all hitting, all smiling. Uh, most important for me, former center fielder for the uh, national champion South Carolina Gamecocks. I in in 2010 um, or his draft year was 2011. So in like the entire spring of 2011, I I staged an elaborate online campaign to get the Phillies to to draft Jackie Bradley and. <laughs> They were never get like they picked thirty. They picked thirty ninth. He was never going to fall for, to them. He was a, a top fifteen pick, and then he got hurt and he started slipping. And they didn't pick him. They picked a guy named Larry Green, who is out of baseball and who was an enormous reach even at the time. And Jackie Bradley went to the Red Sox with the very next pick. And I think that like that was the end of the the era of good feeling for the Phillies for me. Like it, it I'm not sure it even lasted uh, all the way to those playoffs. And uh, I spent the next three years telling everybody I told you so. And then Jackie Bradley started striking out 40% of the time in the, in the big leagues. And I slowly started walking that back. And now I and, and indeed Jackie Bradley Jr. have been vindicated. And now uh, he's back to, um, uh, you know, climbing outfield walls and, and putting together 25 game hitting streaks. And, uh, you know, he's recently had a child and his back to, he's back to the thing about his Twitter feed, like him, he, I, I still do follow uh, Jackie Bradley on Twitter because he's happy, but his Twitter feed is just like, I think if you see him anywhere and ask him to take a picture, he will take a picture with you. And then he will retweet your tweet of that picture. If you tag him in it, like this is a, a one-to-one correlation and uh, just a, wonderful pleasant human being from from everything i can tell and a a player whose output has started to match my esteem for him which is limitless (laughs) wow that was beautiful uh i envy you your affection for jackie bradley jr because it's gonna make it a lot more palatable for you when the you know the red sox play in the world series this year whereas for the for the rest of us it's just going to be disgusting and awful and deeply depressing but you're going to have a rooting interest it's it's still not going to be palatable this is this is how much i love jackie bradley i'm rooting for him i've considered getting a jackie bradley jersey wow despite him playing for the red sox that's gross that's please don't do that Please don't. Do I, I haven't. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> not don't. completely crazy. Uh, every man must have a code, Michael. All right, my my next outfielder is Adam Eaton. Uh, I I really hate when people like like bring up grit and the idea of grit, <laughs> but I, I'm about to do the thing I hate. Like he's just that kind of gritty, gutsy player with a lot of heart. He kind of feels like the you know, everyone's favorite guy on the Little League team. It's just all about hustle, throwing his body against the wall, diving after every ball. He he plays baseball the way that I want people to play it, which is something that, that you have, have said. Uh, he also has a great beard. I really respect his facial hair game. I think that he's like a, a petite person and thinks the beard makes him look more intimidating, which it does not, but I still respect the effort. Um, he's he's rocking a 3.1 war right now, which is 
exceptional. Um, and he's just a fascinating player because offensively, he doesn't do any one thing exceedingly well, right? Like he's not a super high yeah. average guy. He's not a power guy. And and even though he's fast, this is one of the more interesting things about him as a player, even though he's fast, you know, he hits a lot of triples. He has seven right now. He's not a base dealer. Like he's he's got six deals right now, which is fine, but it's not anything of note. But the way that he throws his body around on defense and the way that he does just enough in every other facet of the game, uh, it's a it's a it's a, a sum of the parts thing. Like uh, all of it together make him an incredibly valuable player and that value on the field combined with the the hustle and the attitude is he's just the kind of guy I absolutely love to watch. Yeah, I the the grip point is interesting because I think like I've I used to be very anti grit and now I'm sort of coming back to it because once you separate sort of the lazy, often racially motivated shorthand that 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 comes with, right. like the the small, dirty uniform guy I love, like my entire list is small guys with dirty uniforms, like nobody's grittier than than Odor or Lindor or, or Bradley, but they don't get the grit tag because they're not white. Whereas guys like Adam Eaton, who are small and white and gritty and Alex Bregman's going to be one of those guys yep. when he comes up too. And it drives me nuts when they get stuck with the, the gritty grinder tag. I completely because agree. It, I hate because it. Because like, they're not like, they're not good because they're gritty. They just happen to be gritty and good at the same time. They're gritty or they're good because they're freak athletes who, you know, can run and hit and, and play good defense. And, you know, it, the, the grit thing uh, for, for Adam Eaton, I think everybody's realizing that, like that might've actually slowed down the nationwide appreciation for him because you see the small white guy who, you know, runs around and, and uh, gets the, the grinder label and you sort of dismiss him as, as that kind of guy when he's, you know, he's actually turned into a really, really good right fielder. I completely agree. It's, that's, it's, it sums it up perfectly. Who's your, uh, who's your final outfielder? Um, also to nobody's surprise, Jason Hayward, who like my, my personal evaluation of Jason Hayward, I will, I know I'm not supposed to have these kind of blind spots as like a professional uh, <laughs> baseball writer, but I will cop to this one that, uh, that Jason Hayward for me is stuck in that amazing rookie season of 2010. And he's still in my mind, 20 years old with limit limitless potential. And I will never, ever, ever give up on him. Uh, this, despite this being the first year that he's played for a team that like, you know, I'm, I'm fair and I'm, I'm reasonably objective, but I'm also not made of stone. Like, you know, I, I'm never going to uh, be completely, uh, you know, on board with, with rooting for an Atlanta brave. So I am, you know, now that he's, now that he's a cub, he's a little safer, but you know, it's, and it's weird that like my professional uh, evaluation of Jason Award is sort of backed up a little bit. Like, you know, like I, I know in my head that the powers, you know, the 40 home run power is just not going to come. Right. And I become a little more skeptical. Like, you know, if he's the best defensive right fielder in baseball, how much is that really worth if he's, you know, hitting 240 with, you know, 15 home run power, whereas you could get it, you know, even a guy like Adam Eaton, uh, who, uh, who's definitely outperforming Hayward this year. So it's, this is just my my one uh uh i'm bowing completely to my own subjectivity here 
I mean, you know that I completely agree. I draft Hayward somewhere between the fifth and seventh round every single year in my snake draft. And every single year I come to regret it based on his fantasy baseball production. But I never, I never regret it in the sense that he's fun for me to watch. I just love watching him play baseball and mm-hmm. I root for him. And even though I completely agree with what you said, I've given up on the the 40 homer potential. I still just look at him at the plate and think, well, he can hit the he can hit the ball to the moon whenever he wants. You know, look at him. You, you the way when he comes up to the plate, you think you're looking at an MVP. And there just aren't a lot of other players you can say that about. Um, uh, but then but then he gets in the box and like he looks like like the great dane trying to fit on one couch cushion like he's like he's trying to play smaller than he actually is and i don't know that there's anything that can be done at this point but i you know this is this is chipper jones's fault i'm almost positive because he got on hayward's case for not uh for being affected by a, a grievous shoulder injury his second year and uh and has never been the same so you know this is just one of a, a million reasons why why chipper jones is is down in in my book because he ruined jason hayward how how chipper jones ruined jason hayward sounds like a a great piece for you you should you should start reporting that immediately after we finish this (laughs) um my final outfielder is cameron mabin who it's hard for me to talk about him without getting emotional because i just love i like this one i just love him i just love him so much and desperately want him to succeed Cameron Mabin was a first-round draft pick in 2005, 10th overall pick. And Cameron Mabin has never been an all-star. Cameron Mabin has never finished in MVP balloting. Cameron Mabin has basically never been the player that people thought he was going to be, except that he has in these brief, beautiful moments, and they happen just often enough and are just and are exciting enough that if you're a Maben head, you have basically never been able to let the dream die, right? And so I currently own him on every single fantasy baseball team that I have. Um, okay, I, I'm not on board with him anymore. Hi, <laughs> listen, he's hitting 350. I was with you every step of the way until no, no, no. I owned him in fantasy. Here's baseball. the thing, though. Here's the thing. He's played in 31 games so far this year, right? He was he was he was on the DL to start the season. Uh-huh. nurse on the wrist injury took him a little while to get healthy not helping your case so far he's played 31 games he's got eight steals eight steals in those 31 games he, he's hitting 353 he's been crushing it he's also missed a couple games with little nagging injuries and it does feel inevitable that he will get hurt in a more serious way at some point and have to go on the dl again and this this perpetual cycle that we're caught in will 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 continue but I just can't I can't give up. I just can't give up. I can't stop rooting for him. I can't stop loving him. And when he's healthy and when he's doing well, he's about as fun to watch as as really anyone. I I I too have long been fascinated uh by Cameron Maven. Like he, he hasn't delivered on the promise except for being at one point the the top prospect in a, a trade for um uh for Miguel Cabrera. So that's just something, you know, I wonder if if that on some level is like weighing down our estimation of like, oh, this is the guy that. Oh, of course. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a part of it. But 
if you want to go just into the the deep recesses of a maven head's mind there are people out there yours truly included who are saying is is it possible that he's like finally doing it that he's finally here at 29 he's 29. 29 like he's that's old obviously in baseball years but it's still young enough that it's not impossible it's really not impossible and so it's it's exciting to me to, to think that if he can just stay healthy we might be getting you know a 40 steal season that's awesome i love him good i i like that pick and you uh you insisted because you're an american league person that we we add a designated hitter which you know is not a real position and uh, in you? the spirit of of that uh i'm picking someone um who is not really a designated hitter or well here's what i'll say uh bill james had a great line about bobby bonilla that bobby bonilla had played seven thousand innings at third base and so people call him a third baseman and he said if you send him into space a couple times he'd be an astronaut too but apart from that he's no more a third baseman than an astronaut and uh miguel sano no matter like i guess if you keep putting him in right field he will he will be a right fielder but not in my mind not in any sort of pure platonic sense like this is a guy who is uh born to crush dingers and do very little else and he just i i love his the like the the power and the throwing armor are obviously uh the the two tools that, that jump off the field but like it's the um, if you haven't seen the documentary that was made about him uh, as a teenager in the Dominican Republic, it's called uh, Pelotero Ball Player. Um, there's he's just an absolutely magnetic personality, and when that charm comes on, it's it, he's one of the the most likable players in uh, in baseball. Um, the the nickname they had for him as a teenager was Boca Tone, which uh, I'm I'm told means big mouth in Spanish. <laughs> Which like I, I love I love nicknames in languages that aren't English for um, just for starters, but Big Mouth is a, a great nickname for for a ball player, particularly one as as large and teddy bear like as as Miguel Sano. So I you know I I hope he, he he's had a little bit of a rough rough go of it as have all the Minnesota Twins this spring, but I hope he gets it straightened out because he's a lot of fun to watch at peak power and and peak charm too that's a great one i really like that my uh my dh selection is evan gaddis perhaps unsurprisingly uh one of my favorite pieces that you wrote last year was your (laughs) deeply (laughs) serious but also (laughs) deeply absurd breakdown of gaddis's triples um you know every reason to love him is pretty obvious he stands at the plate and he looks like he's holding a slim gym instead of a baseball bat he's hulking and gigantic and scary but also sort of like warm and welcoming in a surprising way he hits the ball very far he is just he doesn't seem like he should be a professional baseball player and yet he is and it's and i think we're all we're we're all very glad um and yet you know the fact that he after his breakout season shifted to another team a team full of young sexy exciting players he's not really the the center uh, or face of that team in, in, in any meaningful way and so as much as anybody who is aware of Evan Gaddis probably has uh, a baseball crush on Evan Gaddis I don't think we're hearing about him anymore the way that we really were a couple years ago but I refuse 
to let the torch extinguish. Speaking of, of guys with great Spanish nicknames, El Oso Blanco. Oh, yeah. Which is incredibly descriptive because, like, he he's his stance is so weird. Like, he really does look like a bear holding a bat. Like, there's something just almost weirdly inhuman about him at the plate. Um, yeah, the triples thing, the fact that he hit 11 triples last year is remains one of baseball's great mysteries. My favorite clip out of all of those uh, – videos of him hitting triples is when uh, the announcer says, oh, he's going to third again, like the again, <laughs> just the fact that this is something that is now routine, that you see this once every every two or three weeks that Evan Gaddis hits a triple is just amazing to me. Um, it's probably not going to happen again this year, but. You know what? Uh, you never know. Life is full of possibility and so yeah. is Evan Gaddis. Uh, all right, Mike, that is, that's it for today. This was fun. This was, this was weird and uh, yeah. undefined, but you know what? So is life, man. So is life. And so is baseball. So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm all in. This was, uh, I, I cherished our time together today as I always cherish our time together. And uh, I look forward to the, the next installment. Yeah. Say hi to Freddie Freeman's cat for me. Oh, make no mistake. I will. <laughs>